This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Oh, boy, I I am so happy, blessed, fortunate to be heavy because I get to come to the house of God again. Amen, amen, amen. Clap again real good. Let's hear that again, man. Give glory to God. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's so good to hear everybody worshiping Jesus, see all, see all your blessed faces, and knowing that tonight when we leave here, we'll be changed for the better again. You know, I think about uh, where I live at. I work at, work at an orchard out where we live at and get hot and sweaty out there. Might take a couple showers a day because go out there and get all yucky again, have to go out there and get all cleaned up again. Well, I know that a lot of you around the people you work and places you go and things like that, the ones that get to go to work and don't work from home, that you get all, you kind of get contaminated again. You get clean again. And I would say probably working off computers and, and doing the, uh, what, what do you call the thing, the Zoom. Doing the Zoom and those kind of things there, you probably, you probably talk to some people that aren't real positive and probably hear some things that are real negative. And so you come into church, you can get a bath tonight. You're going to get washed with the water of the Word tonight. Amen. How many have your Bible with you? Or how many look at a Bible on some kind of electronic device? Well, hold up your Bible, or what it is you're looking at uh, to read your Bible tonight. And we're going to be talking about the Word of God in our lesson tonight. But let's say this about our Bible. Say, this is my Bible. This is the holy written Word of God. Given to me by God my Father. To reveal to me. His Son, the Living Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior. I am who my Bible says I am. I can do everything my Bible says I can do. And I am who the Bible says I am. Say, I believe it. That settles it. I'm going to receive it. Amen. 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 And, you know, I want to say this again. I'm a Bible teacher, and the people come in, disciples, students, you need to always take notes. Take notes, take notes, take notes. Act like you're in a classroom, because you are. And I can guarantee you this, you go back out into the world, there will be a test. We're no better than Jesus was, and in Luke chapter 4, Satan tempted Jesus. And Luke chapter 4 verse 13 says that when Jesus successfully resisted the temptations, says Satan departed from him for a season. For a season. And so for we as believers, just because you've been delivered, just because you went through a battle and you won that battle because you stuck with the word of God, stuck with Jesus, doesn't mean the war's over. Until you take your last breath on earth, there's going to be more battles. And the only way you win the battles of life is to do what you did the last time. Stick with the Word. Stick with Jesus. Do what's right. It's, it's an ongoing process. You've got to stay with the Word. Stay with the Word. Stay with the Word. Stay with the Word. If there wasn't an enemy called the devil out there, it would make no difference. You know, I think about some of the battles America's been through with uh, people from other nations uh, in my lifetime. Sometimes we thought those guys were defeated, but then a little pocket of them rose up again, and here they come back for the counterattack. 
And so in your life, whether it's been addictions, marriage things, financial things, uh, healing things, whatever your problems have been, Luke 4.13 guarantees you Satan will come back for more opportune time. When your guard's down, all of a sudden you're thinking, wow, boy, a cold beer would taste nice. Or, man, you smell that? You know what that is? I used to smoke that stuff. Matter of fact, I could use one of those right now. You've got to know what to do about that. You've got to know how to resist those things and stand on those things. We're going to show you tonight. And so, for your notes, write this down for your title, The Value of God's Word. The Value of God's Word. And uh, I want you to open to Psalms 119, verse 11. I'm going to look at a few verses. I do have time to look at a few verses. And I want you to look at them, too, because this will help you. How does faith come? By hearing what? Amen. Hear the Word of God. And so anyway, Psalms 119, verse 11, shepherd boy David said this before he was king. Shepherd boy David said, thy word have I hid in mine heart. Thy word have I hid. I hid. I hid the word of God in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so I was taught over 40 years ago the value of God's word. I got it. It stuck with me. I've lived my whole life. I've planned my life. Not around church, but around the Word of God. But the best place to hear the Word of God is in church. And so I don't come to church because it's a religious thing to do, or it's a good thing to do, or it makes me feel better. All those things are true. It is a good thing to do. And, you know, if you want to call it religion, it is a right religion thing to do. It does make you feel good because when the word of God coming into your heart, it's helping you to have a guard against sin. I'm doing better preach than you are shouting. Get excited about this again. How, how many here besides me still have to resist sin no matter how long you've been saved? Amen. And so anyway, I was taught over 40 years ago the value of God's word. It's stuck and it's never strayed from me and I've never strayed from it. I've stuck with the Word. I've planned my vacations around the Word. I've planned my day around God's Word. I've planned my week around God's Word. And so anyway, I want you to think about this, the value of God's Word. Jesus, uh, David said, I've hid God's Word in a safe place in my heart. And so we only hide things that are valuable to us. How many, if you can, like to lock your nice car in your garage? If you can't do that, why? It's because it's valuable to you. How many would you go out in public and park your car in a, in a, in a public parking lot, don't leave your windows down, your valuables on the seat, just say, hey, thief, come and get it. You lock your car up. If you're like us, if you, got, if you just bought something and you can, you'll either lock it in the trunk or you'll put it under the seat when you go in because you don't want somebody to see it. You hide your valuables. And so we're talking about the value of God's Word. And David said... I've learned what value of God's Word is God's Word will help me to say no to sin. And so he said, I've got to hide it. And you know, uh, why do we hide things? If it was in a perfect world, you wouldn't have to lock your gate, lock your house doors, lock your car doors. Why do we hide things and lock doors? Because there's thieves. Listen to what I've told you. 
We only hide things because there's thieves. Book of Revelation tells us in heaven, the gates are never closed. There's no thief in heaven. We don't have to lock the gates in heaven. And if we had no thieves in our city, you wouldn't have to lock your car. You just leave everything out in the open. Well, look at John chapter 10, verse 10. Amen. John 10, verse 10. David said he hid the word in his heart. And you only hide things when there's thieves around. I'll tell you what, before this night's over with, you're going to be jumping up and down out of those seats. Amen. John 10.10, Jesus said, what's those first two words? The thief. Wow. In the natural world, there's thieves. In the spiritual world, there's a thief. says, the thief cometh not before to steal. Is that what thieves do? They steal. What did David hide from the thief? The Word of God. Why did he hide the Word of God? Because the thief wants to steal the Word from your life. The thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy. And of course, Jesus came for us to have and enjoy life. And the Amplified Bible says, to have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. He wants our families blessed. He wants our jobs blessed. And of course, we all know about our city. What is Barstow? Blessed. He wants Barstow blessed. And the Word of God will make Barstow blessed. Well, look at those things tonight. But anyway, the whole thing is, we only hide things when there's a thief. And the thief, the thief only steals things that are valuable. You know, the thief's not going to come in and steal your old clothes. He's not going to come in and go through your trash can, I don't think, and try to find out what kind of garbage you got. He's going to come in and take something that's valuable. And so David said, I found out God's word is valuable, so I'm going to hide it. I don't want the thief to get it. And so we hide things that are valuable to us. Uh, we, we, we hide money. We hide jewelry. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things we want to hide because we want to be able to keep them. And so we don't want the thief to steal what's valuable to us. And so I want to say this. The thief is always watching. He's always looking for an opening. And, you know, I, 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 I've seen somewhere before on some of those different shows you see on TV, sometimes they tell about car thieves. Car thieves will go through a parking lot, see if any doors are unlocked on the cars in the parking lot. They'll look in to see if keys are in the ignition. And it seemed like I read one time that the majority of cars that are stolen in America is because somebody left the keys in the ignition. The majority of Christians have backslide because they left the door unlocked to their heart. And the thief looked for an opening to see. Do they have the word of their heart? Are they going to church and hear the word? Are they getting sucked back into life and their guards down? Thieves don't just show up randomly. If you ever see those reality shows and things like that, thieves look around for nice houses, nice cars. They watch people go in and out so they know their habits. They find out what kind of alarm systems people have in nice neighborhoods. They look what people do when they come, when they go. 
They used to watch for things like newspapers backing up on a porch to see if somebody had been going on vacation for a few days, see if there's newspapers piling up, et cetera, et cetera, because they're studying to look for an opening so they can come in and make an easy, easy snatch and getaway. And so Satan is watching believers. And, you know, uh, every, you know, not everybody, but a lot of believers today have to look at the thing on their, the Bible on their phone, on iPads and all kinds of things like that. But Satan, back in the old days when people actually carried Bibles all the time, he'd watch your car and see your Bible lay on the back, on the back dashboard from Sunday to Sunday, and then you didn't see your Bible again till next week, or you had to dig through the bedroom and find out where's it at? It was under a pile of clothes when you come home from church last Sunday. Well, that was six days ago. And the thief thinks, well, they haven't looked at their Bible since they was in church last Sunday. I've got an opening. And so, if, you, if you're married, you've got, got a decent marriage, you think, well, I'll throw in a little strife. I'll try to break up this home. Amen. I'll throw a little pain in the body. See if I can get a sickness in on them. I'll get one of their old drinking buddies to show up randomly. and say, oh, come on, you can drink just one. You're not that holy. You're not that religious. You can have just one with me. Are you too good to drink a beer with me? He saw an opening... The Bible's laid dormant that hasn't been looked at for days. He thinks, wow, they let the doors unlocked. Man, I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so I want to look at Mark chapter 4. And then I'm going to look at some other things. But anyway, you know, I'll give you a homework assignment. A lot of you already know the parable of the sower, soweth the word in Mark chapter 4. But write, write these down for your notes. Mark chapter 4, verses 2 through 20. I'm not going to look at all of them. All those verses. But in Mark chapter 4, Jesus taught us a parable comparing planting seed in a field or seed in a garden that the, that the Word of God is like a natural seed. You plant a seed, the seed will reproduce. Then when you plant a seed, if you don't treat the seed right, it won't. Number one, you've got to plant it in good soil. And Jesus said that our heart is God's soil. And so that's where David said, I'm going to hide the word in the soil, the seed in the soil. And so Jesus told us here in Mark chapter 4 that our heart is God's soil, God's word is the seed, and we need to plant seeds of healing in our heart. We need to plant seeds of financial provision in our heart. We need to plant seeds of love from the word of God in our heart. You can't really love people, especially in the world we live in today, without it being God's love coming ripe and harvested in your heart. And so anyway, he said, God's seed is God's word, and it goes into our heart. And then he told us, if you're going to have a good field or a good crop, you can understand this, you've got to water it. If you don't have rain, or if you don't irrigate, no matter how good the seed is, how good the soil is, it won't grow. And then what I found out, especially uh, since my wife and I, I don't put it all on my wife, since my wife and I, have a nice little farm out in Newberry Springs now, I found out that it doesn't take anything at all to grow the biggest, most luscious tumbleweeds you could ever imagine. They just happen. They're a curse. They're no good. And so we have to nonstop pretty much every day. We're pulling tumbleweeds, pulling weeds before they get big. Because they get big, they choke out our pistachio orchard. And other things. We have to work at it. And so Jesus in this parable tells us that weeds come up and choke out our crop. 
if you don't take care of the weeds, you lose the harvest. Amen. Amen. And so we have to, we have to, we have to plant seed, have to pull weeds, have to get water and things to the seed for it to grow. And then we have to stay on top of it every day, every day, every day until harvest time. And that's what our life's like. And so anyway, in this parable, I want to look at just a couple things. And then I want to, want to do some things to help it. I want you to look at verse 13. Verse 13. Mark 4, verse 13. Jesus said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How then will you know all parables? And so Jesus, in a parable, by way of parable, is a natural illustration to help us understand a spiritual truth. God wants us to understand spiritual things, so he gives us natural illustrations we can identify with, then we understand the spiritual. And so Jesus said, if you understand this parable, you'll understand the Bible. You'll understand life. It all revolves around seed time and harvest. And in a Christian's life, the most important thing in a Christian's life is to plan their life around the seed of the Word of God, to cultivate that crop, to pull the weeds up, to keep it watered with prayer, etc., etc. So he said, if you understand this, then you're going to be able to understand uh, the principles of the Word of God. And so I want you to notice that down in verse 17, I'm just going to look at just a, a couple things here, but you need to study this chapter at home over and over, on, just really two or three times a year at least, you need to go back and read this again and refresh yourself. And so verse 17, talking about people that have a hard heart and don't cultivate their spiritual lives by going to church, praying, the worship of the Lord and things like that to keep their hearts soft and tender, says they have no root in themselves. You ever heard the phrase rooted and grounded in the word? That's where it comes from. You need to be rooted and grounded in the word. And so they endure that for a time and because of what's been going on in our nation since, since back in March, and then other things trying to happen now, here's what I want to talk to you about. They have no root in themselves and so endure, but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Affliction means hard times. Affliction means going through a rough time. And you know, Although we're very, very blessed here in America compared to most of the world, we're blessed here. And although a lot of us have went through a hard time the last few months, we, had a, we probably had a nice place to stay. And by looking at some of the bellies, I think we had plenty of food. I don't think we had anybody in this church starving. And so the affliction was that we were hindered from going down to get toilet paper, because like Pastor Dave said the other day, some people backed up trucks up to the store and took all the toilet paper. My wife came over to the store the other day and said, I've got a surprise for you. I thought, oh man, I hope she didn't buy a big chocolate cake or something. She brought in with two packages of toilet paper. And she said, they told me I'd get all I wanted. I said, you'll be able to get all you want now for probably the next year, because people probably got their garages filled up. Got their attics filled up. Got their sheds filled up. And so nobody's going to buy toilet paper except people like us that didn't go out there and hoard it. So we go out there and buy what we want when we need it and still have closet space because it's not full of toilet paper. Amen. And so I'm saying the afflictions 
that came on people. This season we're in really wasn't like a lot of people the rest of the world. We were hindered from doing a lot of things we wanted to do. But there was hard times. And they says, or persecution for the word's sake. Well, afflictions are things that hit us through circumstances. And persecutions are people. People give us a rough time. People give us a harder time. But you notice he said, for the word's sake. It says immediately they are offended. Well, offended means cause to stumble. Means shut down. Moved off course. Changed direction. And so Satan's the one that causes things. That takes advantage of things. But in the life of a Christian, his goal is to cause you to become separate from the word. Isn't that what Jesus said? Amen. And so I want to say this. Jesus said, Satan's a thief. And right here, through this whole parable, he tells you the main number one thing Satan's after. He's not after your salvation. He's not after, he's not after your marriage. He's not after your job. He's not, he's not after anything in your life except one thing. If he can steal the word of God out of your life, he'll take your job too. If he can steal the word of God from you, he'll hit your house, hurt your marriage. He'll hurt your children. He'll take your money. He'll turn you back to addictions. See, those are all byproducts. The main number one target is this. The word of God is the most valuable thing in a believer's life. The Word of God will bless your home. The Word of God will get your promotion. The Word of God will heal you of terminal diseases. The Word of God will absolutely deliver you from many things Satan's ever used to hold you in addictions. The Word of God will do all those things. And so, listen, I want to make a statement. I want you to get this. Satan, through thousands of years of experience, has learned the value of God's Word. He's learned that if He can stop you from working the Word, He'll stop you. I made a statement years ago, as it's worth making again, Satan can't stop the Word from working. All he can do is try to stop you from working the Word. I want to look at one more verse right here, this next one down. And then he says, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear what? The word. What happens when you hear the word? Faith comes. He says, these are they that hear the word and the cares of this world. Wow. The cares of this world. That's called fears. Cares are worries and fears, the exact opposite of faith. Faith is having confidence in the future that what God said will come to pass and bless you. Cares and worries come from the spirit of fear and they're having confidence that what Satan and the world has said will come to pass, will come to pass and will take you out. Why else would somebody, like I love Pastor Dave's Sunday morning sermon, why else would you walk into a Walmart store back in March and have carts lined up like trains on the railroad tracks full of toilet paper. People were afraid, and I'm not going to say about anything else, I'll stop right there. People were afraid that they wouldn't be able to clean up messes. 
Why else? Why else still? I don't go to stores very much. I've been to third world countries in a lot of places. I started going to places like that 40 years ago. And why are our shelves now in the United States starting to look like third world nation shelves? They're empty. You go in and you have to try to get there first thing in the morning for somebody else does because they're going to take it all. There's not enough out there. That's called cares. That's worries. We better get it now. Better get it now. What happened to Philippians 4.19? But my God shall supply all of your need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What happened to Malachi chapter 3 verse 10? I'll open the windows of heaven. Pour my blessing upon you. Amen. What happened to those things? And so Satan says through cares was to steal the word. And then it says also the lust of other things enter in. Choke the word. And listen, this is for the majority of you. Choke the word and becomes unfruitful. Well, if you take the un off that word, what have you got? Fruitful. And so what that means is this. A fruitful Christian is a Christian that's heard the word, begin to talk the word, and puts the word into action. And then Jesus says, that's called bearing fruit. So in other words, they've got the fruit of healing and health working in their life and their family. They've got the fruit of obedient children at home. At a blessed marriage that people look at and say, Oh, I wish my family could be like yours. You and your wife seem to have a marriage uh, made in heaven. And we say, yes, it was made in heaven, but we had to live it out on earth. Well, how do you do that? We go to church. Oh, we went last Easter. Oh, you did? Well, that's nice. And we're going to go at Christmas time again when our grandkids are in the play. Well, that's nice. But you want a marriage like ours? We go three times a week. Oh, I could never do that. Well, you'd never have this. What can you do? Oh, we like to go to Vegas two or three times a month. Well, boy, that's getting you real far, isn't it? Man, that's really helping your home. Well, we'd like to be able to buy our grandkids things like you buy your grandkids. Well, we don't go to Vegas three times a month. Hey, Amen. I'm not knocking Vegas. That's a nice place to see some little shows and stuff like that. Get some nice airplane trips out of there and things like that. But the whole thing is, what you give your life to is what comes to pass in your life. That's what it says. The lust of other things chokes the word and becomes unfruitful. And so that tells me this. That if you're a Christian that's bearing fruit, Satan has a plan for your life. He wants to choke the word out of your life through worries, less than after other things, and get messed up with life to get you away from the word of God, and then he'll put that un on your fruit. Then your fruit will be unfruit. Is this good preaching or what? Amen. And you know, you know, this message is here because I live this because I realized I was praying yesterday morning about, Lord, I've been preaching with tonight. What do you want to talk about? I looked at my life the last few months of stuff going on. I've stayed the word, stayed what I'm doing. But I'll tell you what, it's been tough when you're locked in your house all the time. It's been tough when you're not around other people, you're not in church. And you stop to think, wow, 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 what's these other people doing that aren't maybe as far as long as I've been for all my years of doing this. I bet you a lot of them need to hear something like this. Amen. Has anybody been caught up into worries about anything? Just be honest. 
as worries tried to hit anybody the last few months. I see some heads shaking. Amen. You know what? How do you live in this world we live in with communication we got when you got 24-7 news, emails and stuff like that, and all these doctors might tell you it's bad, 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 bad. It's really bad, bad, bad. And every place you go, you got sanitizers, you got face masks, you got people checking you and all this stuff going on. And that stuff is good to watch and monitor things, but you got to be very cautious that worries and fears don't get on you to where you think more about that than you do about what Jesus said. Amen. And so anyway, as we look at these things here, what I want to do is I want to make, I want to make a little flip now. I want to look at some verses from some mighty men in the Bible that talk about the value of God's Word. Look at Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. And I want to say this again. Jesus, in Mark chapter 4, told us how serious Satan is about the Word of God. Satan doesn't want the Word of God so he can live by it, but he knows that if you do, he, can, he, he can't touch you. But if you quit, he can take you out. So Jesus warned us and warned us and warned us in that parable that we've got to guard the word, guard the word, guard the word, because Satan's after the word and he is a sneak thief. Isaiah 55 verse 11, God said through Isaiah the prophet, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void. It shall not return to me void. No translation says without producing results. You plant that seed in the ground, you water it, it gets sunshine, you weed it, you're going to get tomatoes or watermelon or pistachios if you got pistachio trees. Whatever it is you're planting, it won't return void. It'll come up because these other verses, verses for verses 8 through 11, he talks about that very thing, that the word of God's planted, the rain comes down, waters it, harvest comes up. And so he says, my word shall not return void. It shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. And so just some examples. In our church, we teach the word real seriously. Matter of fact, our, 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 our church's mission statement says, equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. There's a lot of Christians who live on the earth, but they're not all victorious. And so our, 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 our goal is not just to teach Christians but to teach Christians how to live in victory no matter what comes their way. And so it says God's word will accomplish that which he pleases. We teach on tithing real seriously at our church. Why do we teach on tithing real seriously? Because we want Christians to have victory in their finances. And so God's word wants to accomplish in a Christian's life, Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. God wants Christians to live under open windows of blessing. God wants to be able to rebuke the devourer for Christians. God wants to be able to have Christians be an example so people look at them. And Malachi chapter 3 verse 12 says people around you are going to look at you and they're going to call you blessed. Amen. And so that's what God's word accomplishes. And so Isaiah said concerning God's word, it'll accomplish that which he pleases. It'll not return void. Now look at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. I've shown you these verses as an example from the Bible the value of God's word that I learned way back in 1980, and I've stuck with it, and my family's come out pretty well. 
We've had a lot of battles. We've got a lot of battle scars. You know, you just can't see the battle scars because they're on the inside of us. They've been healed. We come through a lot of things. But only one reason we did. Number one, we love Jesus. Number two, we love His Word. And we hear His Word, we speak His Word, we act on His Word. And so Jeremiah one twelve says, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well see, for I will hasten, I will watch over my word. I will watch over my word to perform it. And so Jesus is always watching for believers that value His word in their everyday life. The word's alive, it's always reproducing what's in the seed. So this passage right here, starting at about verse 9, he talks to Jeremiah, and he shows Jeremiah a branch of a tree, and the tree has buds and blossoms on it. He says, what do you see? He said, I see buds and blossoms on that tree. And God said, you've seen well. That's my word. He said, my word will bud, and it will blossom, and it will grow in your life. And so he said, Jeremiah, he said, that's how my word is. It'll grow in you. I look at all these little pregnant bellies in here. You can't see it out there on on the camera, but we got lots of pregnant women in our church here. And that's because their things are growing inside of them. And that's what God's word does is it grows and it brings forth fruit. Amen. And so that's what Jeremiah said. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. I think that probably at least 50% of our church could quote this verse before I even turn to it. And it'd be nice if everybody could. And out there, as you're watching, as you're watching the broadcast, whatever you're watching this, Romans 10, 17 needs to be, as Pastor Dave says, what are your refrigerator verses? You need to put this on your refrigerator and always remember this. It says this, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I always like to say this. Praying's good, but this doesn't say faith comes by praying. Worshiping's good, and we ought to worship God. I mean, that, that, that's a key part of our life, but faith doesn't come by worship. Tithing's the right thing to do. You should bring your tithe to God, but faith doesn't come by tithing. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and when you hear the Word of God, you have faith to worship. When you hear the Word of God, you have faith to tithe. When you hear the Word of God, you have faith to do anything the Bible says you can do. But faith is what everything revolves around. And faith only comes one way. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? And so if you want more faith, you've got to hear more what? More wood. More word. And I'm going to close with John chapter 15, verse 7. Our master, our teacher, the one we'll give an account of our life to, the one that answers our prayers, told us a very, 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 very critical part of why the Word of God is so part in our life in in John 15, verse 7. John 15, verse 7. Talk about the value of God's Word. And I'm so glad you're all alert tonight. I'm so glad that you're all, as we say, bright-eyed and bushy-tilled. You're ready to get it. John 15, verse 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me, that means to live in him. And so if you're born again, 
If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, because you've asked Him into your heart to forgive you your sins and be your Savior, then you're abiding in Him as long as you're staying with Him. And He's living in you. But He said, if you abide in Me, and My words, and My words abide, or My words live in you. We're talking about the value of what? The Word of God. Jesus' words. He said, number one, you've got to abide in Me. And number two, My words have got to live in you. Then He said, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. That's called answered prayer. We'll talk about the value of God's word. And listen, I want to say this again. Start this thing off by talking about you hide things from thieves that are valuable. Satan is a thief. He does not want that word to live in you. Because all the reasons we looked at right here is a very big, wonderful reason. Jesus said, if my words live it in you, I'll answer every prayer you pray. Why is that? Because the Word of God gives you promises of God. When you pray the Word, you're praying the promises. And so when you pray the Word, you're praying the answer. When you're praying the Word, you're not praying in doubt. You're not praying in maybe. You're not praying in if it be thy will. When you pray the Word, you're praying the promise of God. And Jesus said, when my word lives in you, you ask what you will, because you're not going to ask outside of the word of God. You're going to ask in life the word of God, so it'll be done unto you. And so, I just want to say it one more time. The value of God's word is a very vital spiritual principle every believer's got to get a hold of. When you do, you don't plan church around the family weekend. You plan the family weekend around church. You don't plan, you don't plan church around vacation. You plan vacation around church. You plan your job life around church when you learn the value of God's word because what is it, what, what, what is all the money in the world worth if you lose your family? Or if you leave this world before your time? Et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, I pray in the name of Jesus that you receive what God had to say tonight. Stay serious about the word. And the word will work in your life. Amen. Pastor David. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.